What's up, NBA fans? Welcome to another episode of the Second Stringers NBA Podcast. The season's over. No games are being played on the basketball court, but there are games being played in the media landscape between the Lakers and the Spurs right now. Um, you got teams that have just drafted their potential future picks. Um, you got players making movements. Uh, some consciously have not decided their movements yet, and others um, didn't get a say in them in their decision, but they got moved nonetheless. Um, and that's where we'll start off with Dwight Howard. But before that, um, Sean, we got a special guest with us today, correct? Yes, we do. It's my roommate, Jake. <laughs> Soon to be not roommate, unfortunately. Hello, thanks for having me. Of course. This is actually Jake's last Wednesday in San Luis Obispo before he goes to Bakersfield for a little bit and then Colorado for, uh, I don't know, the foreseeable future. Yeah, so this will be my first and last podcast. <laughs> could be a good thing if I do terrible. could be a terrible thing if I do great. So. I mean, if, you, if you do really well, we can Skype. We can FaceTime you in for a future one. How All about right, that? fair enough. <laughs> yeah, glad, glad to have you aboard. Glad to hear. I'm curious to hear some of your opinions on some of these things. Um, we got a lot to cover today, but it's been a it's been a crazy last eight days since the last time we recorded. There's actually been a lot of movement, not just because of the NBA draft, but just in general, and a lot of a lot of headlines making ways, mainly between LeBron James, the Lakers, and Kawhi Leonard. That well, there's been no change there. But let's get things started with Dwight Howard getting traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, his sixth team. His sixth team in his uh, NBA career, I'm not sure. Do you think that qualifies Dwight Howard as a journeyman in the NBA now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Six teams in eight years? That's so much. Yeah. Like, like that That sucks, man. Like, I haven't moved from San Luis Obispo in, like, eight years. Yeah. I can't imagine living in six places since then. Yeah, and this is a guy who was a former MVP candidate that one year in 2009-2010, a uh, former defensive player of the year, an all-star, and now we're basically seeing him get around for guys that you would have never thought would be a fair trade. Dwight Howard being traded for Timothy Mozgov straight up and two second-round picks and some cash. And some cash. <laughs> <laughs> cash always helps. Yeah, what I found interesting about this was – that Mitch Kupchak was the one who orchestrated yes. this trade. Yes. And Mitch Kupchak, the <laughs> former general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers, um, not a fan of Dwight Howard, I guess it's safe to assume, since they kind of left with a little bit of bad blood there. And he got his boy back, Timothy, Timothy Mozgov. I mean, he gave him oh, that large man. contract that he's still under. And I'm not sure if this was – do you think this trade was constructed more out of a basketball necessity or – because there's some b bad blood between Dwight Howard and Mitch Kupchak, or because Mitch Kupchak, Mitch, Mitch Kupchak really believes in Timothy Mozgov. Uh, well, man, <laughs> the fact that it was Mitch Kupchak and that all these moves happened and that he has these history with these players, like it makes you think that it's just like his own personal preference and it's not yeah. even really a basketball decision. I, I just, I can't, I don't, I feel like I he's a respectable enough GM to put his own emotional feelings aside and construct a team that is like actually good for the team. I mean, this is a good move for the Horn for the Hornets. They get under the luxury tax yeah. uh cap by getting Mozgov instead of Howard because of the difference in their salaries. And you you pick up some second rounders later. That's that's always good, but 
like Mozgov is so much worse than Dwight Howard, and Dwight Howard actually had a a decent year last year. He yeah, put he up did. a thirty thirty one game. I I just don't see like and Mozgov's contract is that's for another is that two years still? Like it's not yeah. expiring. Yeah, yeah it's not even an expiring contract, so it's not like it's helping that much. Ah, uh, it just <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. And Dwight Howard going to the Nets, like, now he doesn't even want to be there. So this, this is all kinds of weird. Yeah, it's curious to see what the Brooklyn Nets want to do with Dwight Howard. All signs point that most likely he's probably going to get a buyout for them and immediately get make his way to a contender. But, I mean, what contender would want him? Golden State, I guess. Would Golden State actually step in and oh. and sign Dwight Howard? <laughs> yeah. I mean – Really, it's the name that's making the headline right yeah. now. It's not his recent play. I'm, that's why I kind of think um, GM was kind of smart to get him out. I don't know. Is he relevant enough to matter to a contender? Like, is he relevant enough, or is he just kind of a role player at this point in his career? Uh, I mean, he's not going to be the star player. No. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, I saw it, this. Maybe. Mm. I saw this funny tweet. The I saw this funny tweet that somebody went out. And said, "This is, this is what um, oh, what did it say? It was something like all signs have all all the stars have aligned for this to happen for Dwight Howard to be bought out by the Nets to get signed by the Golden State Warriors, all in order to destroy <laughs> their team chemistry oh. <laughs> and make space for the Lakers to become the Western Conference champions. This is, of course, hey. assuming they get Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron James. Yeah, dude." That locker room's just gonna be in shambles. Yeah, all let's... set into play by the Lakers' former GM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's still con. working for him. Long con. He's still getting paid by the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. just this sort of like conspiracy long-term plan that that Mitch Kupchak has orchestrated alongside Genie Bus. Oh my gosh, that would be pretty epic, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, if there is a team out there, I mean. Well, this guy, I guess, transitions pretty well because if there is a team out there, I guess it would it could potentially be the Washington Wizards who traded, who made a trade for Austin Rivers getting rid of Marshawn Gortat and the Clippers getting rid of Austin <laughs> Rivers straight up. This straight is another up. weird trade to me in that it's kind of like, eh, okay. I mean, I feel like both players are just equally as good in that they're like the fifth, sixth option on their team, uh, get paid around the same amount really none I don't think has any more upside than the other uh the weird thing about it is just that the Wizards essentially get rid of their only decent big man on their squad and get <laughs> Austin Rivers to essentially come off the bench behind John Wall and Bradley Beal but I think uh, uh, Sean you're more excited about this trade for th- for other reasons outside of the Washington uh, Wizards oh definitely man uh, if if you know me you know <laughs> who my least favorite player in the league is. Well, okay, my least favorite player in the league, Zaza. <laughs> but a very close second is this guy, Austin Rivers. And, man, I was reading these Reddit threads. It's like, oh, man, the Wizards totally won this trade. Austin <laughs> Rivers, he's a young, talented player. Oh, man, are they in for it, man. Yeah. They have no idea how oh, how terrible this guy is. <laughs> You would have been happy if the Clippers sent a second-round pick with Austin Rivers with nothing in return. Oh, yeah. Just get rid of of this man. Jerry West is the GOAT. Like, oh, my gosh. This is the best trade we could have ever done. Austin Rivers, we brought in two guards. 
And we're like, yeah, we definitely need to get rid of Austin Rivers because he is going to be like the logjam in that guard position for us. Yeah. And he was just going to suck anyway. So it's not like he would have done anything productive. And from a non-emotional perspective, this is actually a good trade for both teams. It makes a lot of sense when you think about where both these teams are going. Okay. So I'll, I'll elaborate. So for the Clippers, they get rid of Austin Rivers. They drafted two guards. Uh, we'll get more into the NBA draft later, but these are two guys I wasn't going to mention anyway. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander and Jerome Robinson, both six foot six guards uh, with good length. Um, but that makes it really difficult to play all these guys. You have these two rookies you drafted in the lottery, plus Lou Williams, plus Pat Beverly, plus mm-hmm. Milos, who just opted into his deal. Yeah. Plus what would have been Austin Rivers. Like, that's way too many guys to play. So they had to get rid of guards. And who do they need? They need a center. Yeah. Because potentially what this means is that DeAndre Jordan is not going to be a Clipper very soon. And they knew that. And they needed someone to be that big man for them. And I think, like, this is about as good as you can get. You get rid of your worst guard and you get a decent center in return. And now this means that DeAndre Jordan's going to get shipped out. And on the Wizards side, um, I think getting rid of Gartot was a good thing because mm-hmm. John Wall and him did not get along very yep. well at all. And apparently the team chemistry in that locker room was terrible. Um, and it wasn't going to get any better um, just by making them sit in a room together and say sorry to each other. Yeah. Uh, they, they were just not going to play very well together. And uh, you get Gortat out of there. You get in, you get Rivers. Um that's too bad for you, honestly. Um, but, hey, I, at least they don't hate Austin Rivers yet. They'll yeah. learn to hate him. But um, <laughs> yeah, if, you're, I, if you're looking at it from a non-emotional perspective, it's, yeah, it's good for their team chemistry. Yeah, I feel like you covered it all right there. I mean, you brought up the basketball reasons because I was going to bring up it. Don't you think it's funny that as soon as Doc Rivers um, got his hands off the remote control, that's to say the remote control of the team, uh, the first thing the Clippers do is trade away his son. <laughs> yes, <laughs> kind of so makes you good. think how long they've the bas- uh the Clipper organization has been wanting to do this. Um, but you know you're right. I mean, you could we could talk about that. But there, at the end of the day, there are good basketball reasons for this trade. Uh, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Milos, and of course the two young guns that they just that they just picked up. And Austin Rivers just kind of doesn't really fit in that whole perspective being. Uh, I feel like you've you've almost seen his ceiling already, and he's getting paid another twelve million dollars. Uh, probably not worth it. At least if if not worth it to pay another guard that much money when you could potentially be missing out on a big man with DeAndre Jordan uh, potentially opting out of his deal. Yeah, I'll pay. Yeah, the, f- the fact that this man's getting paid twelve million, <laughs> Austin Rivers is worth a sandwich, in my <laughs> opinion, and not a good one like a like a five dollar foot long from Subway. He's not lonely. Baloney. Yeah, only. he's he's not twelve million, but he's not bad. He's he's okay. Fifteen points, thirty seven percent from three and four assists last year. Granted, this was also garnering most of the minutes that uh, that were lost because Patrick Beverly went down, yeah. and um, it was so he was like one of the few point guards they could start there. But how about this? That it's being reported that Dallas is pursuing a trade for DeAndre Jordan, despite the the way things ended up <laughs> between those two. Is this a good place for DeAndre Jordan, you think? Uh, Yeah. I mean, they wanted him two years ago. Yeah. Like this, this this was something that they had been planning for for a while. I'm actually surprised that they're willing to forgive him this easily. Yeah. 
management might be, but I don't know if the fans are. That's true. That uh, is yeah. true. Um, $24 million for this man is a lot, too. If Dallas chooses to take him on, they're pretty much out of the running for any other free agents this year. Yeah, it's interesting for Dallas. I mean, you pick up DeAndre Jordan. Um, I guess in that case, do you even go after somebody like Julius Randle? I know they were they had been talking about wanting to go after him. Who do you, who would you take, DeAndre Jordan or Julius Randle, if you had to choose one? Oh, man. Uh... Probably DeAndre. He's more proven. Yeah. And, I mean, they're obligated to play Dirk at power forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. with um, And then they also got their new kid, Luka Doncic, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later. But it it's interesting. We got a plethora of free agents outside of just James and Paul George that are looking for their new team. But uh, something else happened. Uh, last week or actually just a couple days ago and that's the nba award show um i i I gotta be honest i i missed it i completely forgot it was occurring i mean i knew it was this week i didn't think it was on monday for some reason i thought it was on thursday and then i figured i then i realized i missed it honestly i wasn't that upset about it uh i saw who the award winners were (laughs) be mad at you for missing this thing i think people (laughs) were actually boycotting it because it was such a ridiculous thing yeah, it seemed pretty fun the first year. Um, last year was okay, and then I just completely forgot about it this year. And, I mean, I'll, let's go through the list, but the, I don't think there really were any surprises here. You had James Harden go as the MVP, Coach of the Year, Dwayne Casey, the sixth man, Lou Williams, Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert, Most Improved, Victor Odalipo, Rookie of the Year, Ben Simmons, Executive of the Year, Daryl Morey, um, let's go down the list though. James Harden, is this a surprise here for him getting the MVP? I, I know that Jake was a big, big proponent for LeBron for this award. Yeah. I'll get into this a little bit later. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was not a surprise. Um, I guess I can get into it now. Uh, I saw a really cool quote, quote by Kyrie Irving where he was saying, you basically have the people's MVP and the NBA's MVP. I think the people's MVP was indeed James Harden and was voted as so. But the true uh, MVP of the NBA is James is uh, LeBron James. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm not sure if that's sort of and this is what's weird about this award show is that because it occurs after the playoffs, it kind of gives you a different perspective on things or you look at it through a different way. And after seeing the playoff run that LeBron James did, um, his team obviously wasn't the number one team in the NBA the way the Houston Rockets were. So he wasn't capturing that side of the headlines. But seeing him the way he played in the playoffs, I mean, all signs, it almost seems um, ridiculous that James Harden got it over LeBron James, I think. I think he's he's the MVP, but obviously this is a regular season award, and the fact that the Houston Rockets were the number one team, I think, weighed heavily, um, which was the ultimate reason why he ended up walking away with it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy now that James Harden has won MVP, that means OKC drafted three future MVPs in three consecutive years, starting in 2007. Yeah. Uh, with with uh, wait, who was first, Russ or Kevin? I think it was Russell. No, or, no, it was Kevin. 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 Yeah, it was Kevin, and then it was Russ, and then it was Harden. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So and there's only one other team that's done that, I think. Really, I don't think any team has done that. Three MVPs? Have the Lakers not done it? Uh, well, they did two MVPs, I guess. Was Shaq never win MVP? Shaq won MVP, but the 
the Lakers didn't Shaq, draft Kobe Shaq. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the Lakers didn't draft. Yeah, they didn't Shaq. even draft Kobe. Technically not. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, I think OKC is the only one. Yeah, there. they're I the think, only team. Yeah, I think this supports my opinion, Sean. I know you're not totally on board. Just <laughs> to hear what you think, Alan. But that it's very hard and not as easy to draft and develop in the NBA compared to other sports due to the position, just only five positions on the court versus the huge number in other um, sports as well as like the fluidity of the positions at this point in the game. Mm. Um, and I think the biggest thing, like they said, the Thunder just drafted or did draft three MVPs three years in a row. And what what's the show for it? One stuck around. It's yeah. very hard to retain these players. Yeah, kinda. so yeah, that's the interesting thing. Um, I think I, I so the, in terms of the player development, I I don't think the NBA does a lesser job of developing players than other sports. But I do think you hit something on the nail with talking about the five players on the court, and that I think it's a matter of opportunities. I think because you only have five players on the court, and you have so many. Uh, the fluidity of the positions, like you said, I think sometimes when you have three guys like Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, if you have them on the same team, you you don't have the three MVP versions of each player um, because of that. Yeah. So, I, so I think James Harden probably could have been just as good as he is now on that OKC team had he stayed, but he never would have had the opportunity to showcase the numbers that he did in Houston Um just for the sake that he was sharing this minutes in the same court space as uh, Kevin Durant and Rus Russell Westbrook. I think that's the th difference there um, between basketball and so many other sports is the five players, the limited positions, uh, the opportunities are so much more limited um, in terms of yeah. like showcasing your individual talent um, alongside other super talented players. Yeah. And obviously draft and develop is the perfect situation because mm -hmm. you're able to uh, have these guys at such an affordable cost. Like the Warriors are the perfect example of this happening and yeah. potentially the 76ers. But mm -hmm. it's so hard to draft these guys correctly, first yeah. of all, um, and then stay high enough to where you're making solid, like easy picks, whether you're just taking talent versus kind of hitting the nail with later, later picks and then also just keeping them and expecting them to stay around. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I guess that's the that's the difficult thing about this whole this stat that sits here because if you're Sam Presti, um, you put this on your resume, say he's going to a job interview, and he's like, oh well, it says here you drafted three MVPs in three consecutive years. Um, well, the second part of that story is, well, what happened to your franchise? I see they they never <laughs> won an NBA championship, and they only made it once uh, to the NBA final. They only made it to the NBA finals once during that whole um, when that whole core was together. So. Is is this good? Is this a good or is this a bad stat for Sam Presti, you think? I think it's a good stat. You can't expect I mean, what do you do in the draft? What's your mm -hmm. what's your goal, I guess, is what it comes down to. Are you trying to draft the best player like at your position or are you trying to draft guys that fit your current team? Right. And if you're if your goal, which I think it should be is just draft the best player at the draft position that you're in. That's exactly what he did three years in a row. Yeah. Those are the best guys from each of those drafts, arguably. Yeah. And it, that ended up being the case. So I, I don't think you can really regret anything. Like it's not his fault that it just didn't work out. It's like all those guys, they just didn't work well together, but on their own teams, they were all MVPs. So, I mean, I think mean, Kevin Durant won it while Westbrook was there, but Still, like he, like they all 
reached the best point of their career up to this point when they were on different teams. And yeah. That's that's just how it works. I mean, I, I think he did a great job. Yeah, and I mean, that's why you see guys like Kyrie Irving asking for a trade, right? Because you realize that the game of basketball is um, – I mean, when you're playing alongside a bunch of super talented players also, it, it limits uh, – your be it limits your ability to showcase your own individual talent and uh, that's kind of just how basketball goes or what do you what do you think jake do you think um sam Presti should hang his head low on this stat or or is he should he be patting himself on the back here well the whole point of drafting well is to get titles right and yeah hasn't happened so yeah you can hold your head up high for drafting but all their all of them were high picks not super controversial controversial picks or high risk picks they just made sense, and he took them, and then couldn't keep them. So I don't know. Yeah. Is that fall on him though, as the GM, or is that more like the coaching staff couldn't figure it out, or like is it just like the player development people like didn't do a good job in OKC? Like he he picked the right guys. I think that's his, that's his job, right? That's like yeah. all really the GM has to do. I don't know. Yeah, which kind of goes back to the how successful the draft can really reflect the success of the team like i think you just got to draft really solid and add that final piece versus draft exceptionally well which is heated and kind of lose those pieces yeah i think another another um another piece to this question is ownership um i mean oklahoma city small market team uh fits that stereotype of small market team not no deep pockets there or at least i mean their owner's a multimillionaire. i mean i'm certain that he's not lacking money um <laughs> no he's definitely probably lacking competitiveness or the willing to take that next step the way dan gilbert and some of these other owners have to pay that luxury tax and and keep the best team that they possibly can and that's also part of the situation that occurred there in okc and it was also a little bit bad timing in that when james harden was about to become free agent the new cba and the new luxury tax had kicked in that year yeah I don't know. I, it, yeah. I, I've really said all I had to say on that topic, honestly. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. A lot of moving pieces. It's a hard job. Yeah. Would have loved mm-hmm. to see that team in the NBA Finals for sure. But um, <laughs> I thought this was interesting, though. During that same award show, James Harden was asked about free agency. You know, the rumors, LeBron James potentially going to the Rockets. I don't know how much truth is in that, but it's out there. Um, And he basically gave a, a pretty somewhat – cocky arrogant answer you could say he said we were halfway a halfway away from the finals i don't think there's a piece we need to bring in or take away we're great with what we have our main focus is getting better getting healthier and then doing what we do yeah can you blame him for saying this i i kind of honestly like what he said i mean if you're the player yeah you just got to focus on what what's in front of you and I, i i love this quote from him honestly here i'm okay with it and here's why it was Chris Paul that got hurt, and they yep. needed him. If it yep. was him that got hurt, and he was saying, oh, if I was in, we would have won, that's a little too much for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but sure. since it was uh, his teammate that got hurt, and he's saying they needed yeah. I'm okay with Chris it. Paul is playing, like, mad crazy good he was. In, that, in that series. Like, he is making so many clutch shots. Yeah, I totally agree with him. But mm-hmm. it, the unfortunate thing is they're not going to be able to bring in everyone else. Like, it's going to be hard to bring Chris Paul back even right. on a max deal. Clint Capella is going to want a lot of money. Trevor Ariza, I think, is gone. Yeah. It's it's yeah that it's not going to be the exact same team. Yeah, that's unfortunately the, for them. Yeah, they've got some decisions to make. I mean, they got that Ryan Anderson deal 
on their books. Eric Gordon's just one more year older. Trevor Reese is another year older, and he doesn't look like he's willing to to give up some money. I mean, maybe you can convince Clint Capella to take a couple dollars off, maybe. Um, but who knows how he'll react once he sees a deal from either Dallas or or Phoenix or Phoenix or somebody out there willing to give him upwards of twenty plus a year. And Chris Paul too. I mean. Chris Paul's an interesting guy in that this is a guy who's, what, 33 years old and still kind of believes he deserves the max deal. Um, he, he played like it this year. At least. He did. He did. But there's question marks in that. Could he stay consistent in the playoffs? I mean, is this just I – mean, because this has happened before what happened this year in the Western Conference Finals. So you do got to ask yourself, is this the guy we can bet on? I think another big question which came uh, – came to the service this year is can he stay healthy at this age yeah where he's deserving of that max contract he's never been able to stay healthy <laughs> especially at this age i guess it's just gonna get worse Mm-hmm. yeah so how, how about this one alan coach of the year Dwayne casey um jake do we have any stipulations <laughs> with that i think we do coach of the year got fired <laughs> the irony yeah. of that i honestly think he earns it but I don't know. There can definitely be a case made for Brad Stevens. Yeah, I I think um, Dwayne Casey deserved it. Um, he did a hell of a job with the group he had. Um, I guess the only one that could challenge him, yeah, Brad Stevens. Or I'm going to throw Mike D'Antoni in there. I mean, the Houston Rockets were the best team in the NBA. Um, and he did a hell of a good job trying to challenge the Warriors. But this award here is the the greatest sign of how awkward – this whole award show is because it's after the fact (laughs) (laughs) so many things happen between the end of the season to now you're talking the NBA draft, the whole NBA playoffs of NBA finals is awarded. Um, So much hype is built into the regular season as you head into the playoffs. And, and that's essentially all worked out and we see what actually transpires. So a lot of these votes are, are part of it is built off that hype. The, Obviously, the Toronto Raptors had a great season, so they had some hype that they could potentially uh, come out of the East. That wasn't the result. In fact, they got swept, and because of that, Dwayne Casey lost his job. So it just made the whole situation awkward, I feel. Oh, it was totally mm. awkward. And yeah. yeah I, think, I think we're in complete agreement on this panel here that <laughs> th- this award show like is just so poorly planned. Yeah. Like, put it... I don't, I don't know. I know you don't want it to like take away from the playoffs, but you, you have to be able to make these decisions on who wins these awards right when the regular season's over. And then like after the first round of the playoffs, maybe do this, do this thing. Cause like we want to, we want to move on to 2018, 2019. Now we don't, we don't want to be dwelling back on what happened in the regular season of last year. Yeah. I mean, it's like the six man award here. It's like, Oh, yeah, Lou Williams did have a good year. That's right. Cause hey, shout out to Lou Williams, I'm, though. He earned that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's like he, the Clippers weren't in the playoffs, so we went, what, three months, two months without seeing anything about the Clippers or seeing anything about Lou Williams. So you're just like, oh, yeah, that's right. He did have a pretty good season. <laughs> and it's like, well, if they should have done. I just feel like it makes a lot more sense right after the regular season. But, of course, I mean, there's a huge conflict in that. And I don't think. I think it would be weird to also try to convince a bunch of NBA players um, who like James Harden trying to get ready for the pl- for to make a run towards the NBA finals to, you know, kind of get themselves in a relaxed mo- mode and dress up and go red carpet and 
and attend this award show. I I think that's that's also yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, I, I don't know. What do you well, think, Jay? The one positive thing I'll say about the Coach of the Year, uh, mm-hmm. Dwayne Creasy handled it very well. Very maturely came up, gave a good speech, and um, so I kind of like that. But, yeah, um, I do have lots of problems with the key awards. I don't know if you guys want me to oh, yeah. mention them. No, yeah, let's, go let's for it. Them. Let's hear yeah. it. All right, we're touching a lot of the issues, but number one, we've you just said it, this needs to be held before the playoffs. I know there's some problems with it, but once the playoffs are over, no one cares about the regular season anymore. Yeah. Nope. It's pointless once the playoffs are decided, so hold this before. I think it made it seem even more like LeBron should have won the MVP because it was after yeah. the playoffs. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get to, I'll get, I will get to yeah. that. <laughs> Second, so all these awards are coach of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year. That's not what the award is. It's Coach of the regular season, defensive yeah. player of the regular season, etc. So again, saying this needs to be either put before the playoffs, or they need to actually make it reflect the whole year, as the title says, and include the playoffs, and have those who didn't make the playoffs might suffer because of it. But hey, you didn't make the playoffs, right? I'd still give Lou Williams Sixth Man of the Year, even yes. after playoffs. Yeah. No, I do like that pick. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, the defensive player of the year probably looks a little bit different. Um, Maybe co- coach of the year would probably look a lot different. I think that takes coach away from doing Casey. Coach of the year would be Brad Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. I think LeBron would be MVP. And I think, I don't know if it's rookie of the year, but I think Tatum showed a lot more than mm. Ben Simmons did in the playoffs. Yeah, true. He got shut down. Yeah. Yeah. That would that would start a, a whole spiral of questions because then I can see these questions already coming up as, well, what weighs more heavily the the regular season or the playoffs when deciding that? Because, I mean, if you give the award to Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum played great as a rookie, but it was really only during what would that be a string of? I'm guessing here, 15 games, 14 games, the most important ones though. Yeah, and he ended True. the season pretty solid. He just the team is so deep, he didn't get a chance until the injuries occurred. Right, but yeah, those are just like the type of questions that would arise in. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if, how I feel about that. I. I. I do agree though. If, if we probably should call it what it is, it's rookie of the year or uh, coach of the year for the regular season or whatever that title may be. But yeah, it has to be a little bit more defined that these are regular season awards and therefore the the timing of the of giving that award should fit a little bit should fit a lot better than the way it does right now. I mean, I like the concept of the award show. I think it's fun. I think it's cool, but. The timing is so off of it that it, it, it kind of eliminates all that stuff for me where I, I where essentially this week I just completely forgot it even happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My last beef is changing the requirement for MVP every single year. Last year, it was a statistical reason. Russell, Russell Westbrook won it because of, he had average a triple-double. Amazing. Yeah. But what, He what, did it this year, too. He did it this year, too. <laughs> and what's the show for it? Like, they lost in the first round both years. This year... James uh, LeBron James led was over uh, James Harden every single statistic other than points per game. But can you really knock him for playing all 82 games and bringing down that average? And then yeah. so this year it was that X factor. Oh, he had the best led the best team in the NBA, which is great. But keep it consistent. Try to like make a mix of everything versus just picking picking one over the other. I mean LeBron James had the same amount of wins this year without Kyrie as he did last year. Yeah. Those those are good. True. Those are really good points. Um, 
I mean, the MVP award has always, I felt, gotten this criticism of a lack of consistency. I mean, going back to when Steve Nash got it, those back-to-back years or the year that um, Derek Rose got it over LeBron. And it always seems, yeah. it seems to be LeBron James on the losing side. <laughs> I don't know what it is because – Honestly, yeah. I mean, when I looked back at the MVP list, I'm like, wow, LeBron's only gotten three of these. Like, he probably could have right. gotten the last five yeah. MVPs. <laughs> yeah, like seven MVPs. It just shows it's the people's MVP, not the NBA's MVP. I mean, I, I understand that you can't give him give it to him every year because other players need a chance. Like, their people enjoy seeing a change and kind of new flashy players. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, I kind of I'm a huge LeBron shooter, and it, it upsets me because it's just going to be used as an argument against him in the future. Like, oh, no, he only had three MVPs, so he's, like, not – can't be in that conversation as one of the all-time greats when – Yeah. Mean, he was earned, yeah, earning more. Yeah, and it's not like we're playing t-ball. It's like, why why do we need to have, like, a varied representation <laughs> of MVPs? Like, why can't it just be the same guy every year, you know? Like, yeah. who's, who's – who do we – why would we care about people's feelings – or any of that? Like, it should just go to the best player. I think it would increase the competitiveness of it, and other <laughs> players would be – like Russell Westbrook or James Harden take it personally. Oh, LeBron again? No way. I'm going to beat him this time. I yeah. think it would make it a lot more interesting. Than- yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it is – I mean, it's a media – it's based on a media vote. So, there's human biases that go into it. Yeah. Oh, I'm, totally. Man, I would love to see the best player be awarded for it. I mean, I kind of think – I mean, this might not be a popular opinion, but I kind of think Kobe was robbed out of some MVPs – out of an MVP – Back in the early 2000s, just because exactly. he the he just did not have a good relationship with the media back in those <laughs> days, um, yeah. and those type of things do come back and affect you. And it goes to the Russell Westbrook point that well, if Russell Westbrook got it last year, why wouldn't he get it again this year, right? Because OKC essentially got the same number of wins, and he got a triple double. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. It's I just, think we're all pretty much in agreement here. Yeah. These awards need to be changed a little bit. Yeah, just more consistency, I think, is the bottom line here that people would love to see more out of the MVP award. Yeah. Be better, Kia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so aside from those main awards, uh, just briefly listing these other awards that were handed out more like the T-Ball awards. <laughs> Uh, we got the teammate of the year, Jamal Crawford. Nice job, man. Nice. People like you. Sportsmanship Award, Kemba Walker. People also like you. Cool. NBA Cares Award, Kevin Durant. The kids like you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Hustle Award goes to Amir Johnson. I didn't even know that was an award. <laughs> um, I don't even know how they decide that. Yeah. But, uh. <laughs> Do you have to – I feel like there should be a, like a, like a minutes per game – limit or like you got to at least have average 20 minutes per game or 25 minutes per game like 10 miles per game you know what i've actually seen which is really actually an interesting analysis is they're able to go back over the games and focus on individual players and track the amount of steps they have the distance they cover during the game the average mile per hour that they run technology is crazy which was i i think it's funny because they brought up a point where lebron was like averaging very low mile per hour game. <laughs> Conserving <laughs> that energy, man. Conserving that energy. And also smart play, just being in the yeah. right position. Right. Yeah, and I mean he plays so many minutes, so I'd imagine that probably skews with the average a little bit there. Right. Versus yeah. like a, you bring in a guy like um who well, I'm trying to think of Corey Brewer. Like Corey Brewer, every time he's in the game, that guy's just running hundred miles per hour. But he only, he only plays like eighteen minutes, twenty minutes a game. So I could see that yeah. average just being high. 
Yeah, I feel like that was like an Amir Johnson type of role too. Yeah, like, exactly. That's just what he's doing. He's just he's just really trying hard out there. Yeah, that's that's what's interesting. I don't think I saw a lot of Amir Johnson this year, so the, him getting this award really stood out to me. That's why I bring that up. I feel like <laughs> if you're gonna get that award, you should at least average 20 minutes per game. I would imagine, or something yeah. like. Yeah, I don't even know. I think it's 22. It's like, hey, you tried really hard this year, and not a whole lot showed for it. Yeah, but yeah. you gave it your all. <laughs> yeah, it's the ultimate T-ball award. Right. I would I would kind of be a little embarrassed to get this as a player. <laughs> I think T-ball's embarrassed too. <laughs> yeah. I hey, I mean, some of these guys I imagine have trophy cases in their homes, so they got to put up some NBA yeah. award, you know. This can go right next to his most likely McDonald's All American trophy yeah. or whatever. Right. <laughs> but then, yeah, so play of the year goes to LeBron James, uh, which also won clutch shot of the year uh, nice. for his buzzer beater uh, fadeaway against the Timberwolves uh, back in February. That was pretty cool. That was a Would nice shot. Would the play of the year include the block before the shot, and then the clutch shot is only the shot, or are they both just the shot? I think it should, but they, as far as I saw for the highlight, it only showed the shot. Oh, I saw. I think it was more um, before the awards, and they're kind of showing what the nominees like, what's up for contention. Uh, I think I saw both, but who knows? Okay. You know, <laughs> looking through this list of awards here, that that. We got teammate of the year, sportsmanship, NBA cares. Yeah. Probably from NBA cares, hustle, play, dunk, assist, block, maybe not handle. Like those awards could probably all go to LeBron James. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, three of them did. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at NBA cares. I'm like, well, doesn't LeBron James have his own? Didn't he just like start his own school for kids? Like he's just funding an entire school. <laughs> like. I don't think he wins teammate of the year sportsmanship award though. Maybe not. No, he. I mean, he, no. he traded most of his team. Well, not yeah. him personally, but. Or maybe him personally. Yeah, possibly. Um, so I saw a cool thing. LeBron um, has sent 1,100 kids to college, tuition fully paid. Wow. Right. Yeah. See, that's a just that's just another thing that he's got his hands in, and that's wow. That's crazy. That's amazing. Forty-one million dollars. Dude, LeBron James, he should be the people's MVP too. Can you guys tell I like LeBron a lot? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what about the dunk of the year? Giannis Antetokounmpo finally he made it onto this list. Ante <laughs> mix his name up with like Dikembe Mutombo. <laughs> <laughs> I feel because it's just like I haven't said this guy's name in so long. Uh, no, I mean, they got no. kicked out of the first round. Yeah, the Bucks are not making any moves. It seems they're not in any rumors, yeah. so I just haven't had a chance to yeah. say this dude's it, name. Sure, <laughs> I know. I, I just like giving you a hard time with that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, that dunk was sweet though. Oh, right over the guy uh, alley oop from Chris Middleton. That was pretty cool. Yeah, assist of the year from LeBron James. That that sweet no looker against the Lakers. Yeah. Oh man. Of course, against the Lakers. Yeah, that that's yeah. You're playing as against much one. As of, you're playing against Sorry, one of the worst defenses in the NBA. Why not? Uh, test Just out some new, them. yeah. yeah. <laughs> try out some new no look passes that you were practicing in your backyard the other day. <laughs> what percent of that play do you think was intentional versus luck? <laughs> oh, it's totally intentional. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like he knew like exactly where everyone was gonna go, but like that, I feel like he knew what he was doing when he did that. Yeah. I, if he did, <laughs> if he did, just wow. He's the goat, man. He's the goat of our generation. Yeah. 
I think it's kind of one of those things where you kind of just see the player moving towards there and you just kind of take a bet that he's going to be in the right spot. It was a practice play, I bet. Yeah, yeah they practiced <laughs> it. Yeah, hey, how about we uh, get back into some more uh, of this this offseason's action? Yeah. Uh, get into some speculation here. Uh, well, first of all, we got Jokic, who's going to set to sign a max extension with the Nuggets worth up to $146 million, I believe that's over five years. Totally uh, worth maybe, it. Actually, it might be four years. Yeah, four years. And, yeah, I think that's a great move for the Nuggets. Lock in your best guy, and he's still potentially not even in his prime yet. Yeah, lock this guy up. He's he's the real deal, and you need all the help you can get in the competitive Western Conference. I mean, I don't see any reason why the Nuggets wouldn't be shooting for to make the playoffs again next year. And, I mean, they got their black horse and Michael Porter Jr. two or three yeah. years. He might be the guy that helps Joe Kick and their, the rest of their cast uh, make that next step. Yeah, we're definitely going to be watching for that guy. See if he can even really get on the court, though, with all those injury scares. That's uh, true. We'll get into a little more of that later. Um, but we can't really get through this podcast without talking about where LeBron's going to go. Yeah, impossible. Uh, this this could be, this could be the last week of speculation, though. Free agency starts next week on July 1st um, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Man, so I think right now it's, it's between Cleveland or the Lakers at this point. Yeah, and to add to the puzzle there, so Friday, June, what is that, June 29th, is his deadline to decide whether he opts in or opts out of his contract. So, I mean, if he if he opts out, then it's all game there yeah. for anybody. <laughs> but if he decides to opt in, I mean, either he's staying in Cleveland or there's there's a, there's a sign-and-trade being orchestrated there uh that will probably be announced at some point in July or maybe that same day something will leak that he's being he's he's pulling a Chris Paul and he's going to be a bulldog and pressure the Cavaliers to trade him where he wants to go. So the countdown clock has started. Yeah, so so what do you guys think is he going to Cle- the Lakers or is he staying? Uh, I think a lot of it rides on what the Lakers are able to do mm-hmm. with Kawhi. Yeah. I think if they get Kawhi, the percentage increases just drastically. Absolutely drastically. Whereas not, I still think there's a good chance. Um, like I, like you guys are saying, I think he either signs for the Lakers or for the Cavs for one year and then waits next year to see what kind of happens with free agency with that huge, that huge group of players. I don't see him signing for more than one year with the Cavs, but again, who knows? Family is very important to him at this point, and he's really um, thinking about his son and his son's future. Yeah, I think it's um, it's an interesting question that goes back and forth. Um, I honestly don't even really think he knows yet. I think he's probably yeah. going to wait until Thursday night or Friday morning, then he's just going to wake up and really decide there. And a lot of it will probably will have a great deal to do with what Kawhi Leonard is doing and or who knows if he's in contact with Paul George and discussing what he's doing. We have, we have to wait until Paul George is done with that three-part documentary series that he's got going. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Ridiculous. I mean, Playoff P. Yeah, to go off that and talk about Kawhi and the Lakers there, that situation. And it seems like the San Antonio Spurs are suspecting that that's what the Lakers are, are sort of banking on, that they can get Kawhi Leonard and that be the, the silver bullet to convince LeBron James to go to the Lakers. And the Spurs appear to be playing games with the Lakers in terms of like media leaks here with articles coming out from Woj saying that the Lakers are under pressure and that LeBron James is hesitant to sign with 
L.A. because he doesn't want to be the only star in L.A. It seems like San Antonio is trying to play that leverage game to me, um, trying to get the most on their side and force the Lakers to sort of maybe give away more than they should for Kawhi Leonard um, mm-hmm. because they're playing they're playing that bet game that it is going to take Kawhi Leonard to make LeBron James move over to L.A. And, I mean, I, I kind of agree with that notion. I think if the Lakers can't get Kawhi Leonard, it's probably looking more likely that LeBron James stays in Cleveland. Yeah. No, I, I, I think he does. Like Jake was saying, I think him opting in for the year is a really safe bet for him because – and he he still gets paid obviously and like 2019 is a whole nother year of all this free agency stuff you got guys like giannis and clay thompson and Kawhi. they're all going to be free agents mm-hmm. um so it could behoove him to wait even another year just to make sure that he's on a championship contender and that he's not taking any risks but you're looking at this whole Kawhi lakers thing and it's like the Lakers are going to get gutted if they trade for Leonard right now. Yeah. Like, the reports we're hearing as of Wednesday night are that they're basically going to have to give to the Spurs the house if the Spurs are even going to talk to them. Yeah. Uh, it should, I don't even know if that's good, though, man. You're giving up such good young prospects. Like, you could just wait till like, next season and sign sign a bunch of – sign, like, two max guys. I bet, I bet Clay Thompson would come to the Lakers for sure. Uh, with or without another star being there, That's, he's already won championships. It's whatever. Yeah. And then I, I think at that point, if you if you have Clay Thompson there, I think LeBron would go if if he opt if he's opting into his one year in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, it would be risky, obviously. With I mean, Magic saying he'll resign if he can't get elite talent there in two years. It's risky if you're putting all your marbles into 2019. But at this point, I I just wouldn't risk the entire future of the franchise just to get Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. That's I think what's oh, cool go about ahead. this uh, is it speaks a lot to the Spurs organization. Last year when Kyrie Irving was putting the pressure on the Cavs to trade him, the Celtics in that trade, they completely like wore the shoes, wore the pants for that. They yeah. kind of won that trade a lot. And here, the same thing's happening to the Spurs, and yet they're <laughs> they're keeping all the pressure on the Lakers and somehow are on top of this. And they found themselves in a bad position and seemed to be winning it. Yeah, they definitely learned the lesson. I mean... If you're gonna compare it to like last year's stuff, where like the star player was traded away, the team that didn't get the star player got shafted. Yeah. So like yeah, like the Cavs got shafted. They get Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder, who ended up not even being there. And this Colin Sexton, Sexton guy, the Cavs drafted, better be the next Kyrie Irving, <laughs> or else they got, gain nothing for getting rid of him. And then you look at Paul George trade to the Pacers. The Pacers arguably won the trade by getting old Odolipo. Yeah. It's it's interesting for sure. And the Spurs right now, like, yeah, they're trying to get most of the leverage on their side and they're looking if they're going to make that trade, they're going to take everything they possibly can from the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And that means Kuzma, Ball and Ingram and picks, which is definitely something more than Magic Johnson wants to give up. And and it's risky. You make that trade for Kawhi Leonard. And here's another thing that nobody's talking about. Is Kawhi Leonard really healthy? Is he actually <laughs> the MVP that he that he was before? Like, I mean, how serious is this injury, and is it worth giving all that up for Kawhi Leonard? And you do that, and LeBron James and Paul George don't end up coming. Man, that's a that's a spin bowl of thoughts that's probably going through Magic Johnson's head right now. But he says no pressure on him though, because he's Magic <laughs> Johnson. No pressure. What a thug. <laughs> yeah, he's comparing general manager moves uh, to. 
the pressure that he essentially went as a player in the NBA Finals. What do you guys think about those quotes? I thought they were interesting, um, essentially comparing two things that I think are completely different, apples and oranges type of situation here, I think. Yeah, I I respect it, man. Like, he's got to stand up strong. I've been listening to different commentaries mm-hmm. on what he said today, and my, my biggest takeaway from it is that he – he he knows that he does not have to do a lot. He just needs to bring in the talent. And mm-hmm. Los Angeles will kind of do the work for him. Yeah. And he's really taking over what was a broken organization. Right. So when you when you're comparing him to, to Jerry Buss, or was it Jim Buss? Jim Buss. Uh, Jim Buss. Yeah, yeah, not Jerry Buss. Jerry Buss is a legend. Yeah. But yeah, if you're comparing him to him, who was the previous owner. There's not really any comparison to make. That's so, true. Yeah, when when you're looking at it from his, from the prior guy, like he doesn't have to do much. Yeah. If he can just bring in one guy and it's like Los Angeles will sell itself, then he was a great owner. Like he did exactly what he sought out to do, and no one's gonna really fault him. True. True. Uh but I mean there is, there is yeah, you're right. I mean, if he essentially doesn't do anything this Laker team is a lot better than those teams that were under Jim Buss. Uh, it's a, certainly a lot better than, I guess you would have to go all the way back to 2012 to find a Laker team that was better than what they will yeah. have next year. I mean, they it's, improved by nine games. They won nine more games this year. Yeah. You bring without any stars. Yeah. You don't get LeBron James, Paul George or Kawhi. And you just bring back Isaiah Thomas and the guys you already no, have. No, you don't need Isaiah Thomas. I mean, you can bring back Bro- Broke Lopez. You can bring back KCP if you want. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the, like the real the heart of this team, man, is, is Lonzo. It's Kuzma. It's Ingram. Randall. I think Randall was a huge part of this yeah. team's success. Uh, in the second half of the season, I I wouldn't mind if this team came back and they brought on like Clay Thompson in 2019. I think this is a stellar team. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it either. I think this is the. I think just based off youth and experience, I think they'll they'll improve by a couple more games next year. I don't think they're playoff. They're a playoff team, but they still get better. Um, and they still have upside for them. Um, and that's what puts them puts this organization in a tricky situation. In that, do you put all your marbles in now? Uh, they extended that qualifying offer to Randall, which is smart. Uh, obviously it's only five point five million dollars, so. My gut feeling is that Randall's going to reject that because most likely he's now a 16 to potentially even $20 million player. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, and that, that's something there. I mean, you got to you gotta find a way to still not gut this whole team by going after LeBron James. And Julius Randall is a key part there. You, I, I, I would hate to see him walk away and the summer ends and the Lakers don't have Randall on their roster and no star, no elite star player. Yeah, he's just entering his prime, man. Yeah. <laughs> Julius Randle's going to be big. Yeah, and that would that would suck. Um but hey, the reports are that the Lakers are being aggressive right now to make to make this Kawhi Leonard trade work. Um and essentially they're trying to do it before that fri- before Friday when LeBron James has that deadline to where he decides to either opt in or opt out of that contract. What do you guys think? Is this trade going to happen before then, or or is it going to happen, or not, or it's not just gonna, it's not going to happen at all? I think it needs to happen this week to provide the biggest chance possible for LeBron to sign. Mm-hmm. I think if it doesn't happen this week, I think a lot of pressure. the The Lakers might not get LeBron, but I think a lot of pressure comes off of them to yeah. get Kawhi 
because this the what the Spurs are doing right now is saying, hey, you got to get Kawhi to get LeBron. If you don't get one, you won't get the other. And once that kind of narrative is done, what's the real pressure? What's to motivate the Lakers from putting all their chips in that bag versus hoping Paul George comes over? Right. That's true. Yeah. That my thing is, I don't know if maybe I'm being a little too optimistic, but. Do you need LeBron and Kawhi? Like, is this the end-all, be-all? Like, oh, we have to get Kawhi now because we have to get LeBron. Like, do you need all those guys? To get past the Warriors and the Rockets? I don't – well, the, hopefully they just beat each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In an ideal world, one of them yeah. beats the other and you only have to play one of them. But, like, and I'm not saying that they're going to win it this – They're not. they might not even make the playoffs this year. But, like, if you're thinking about making a dynasty in Los Angeles – these are guys that you want to keep. Like, if you're going to roll, like, say you, you give them Ingram, Kuzma, Josh Hart, Julius Randle, you're left with just Lonzo and maybe, like, the guy they just drafted. And uh, I don't think that's what dynasties are made of. I think that's what happened. You'll, like, compete for a year or two, and then you're not guaranteed anything after that. So I think... It might be safer, but I think it ensures a, a greater dynasty for the Lakers if they keep all of these guys that seem to have really good chemistry together. Yeah. I think what they need to do is try to deal for Kawhi Leonard without overdealing, without mm-hmm. getting rid of their entire roster. I think that's the first step. If that doesn't work, you hope LeBron's coming over. If he doesn't, you hope Paul George <laughs> is coming over. Because I think it's yeah. going to be a lot harder to get people next year with zero stars um, versus being okay getting one this year and knowing that more will come next year. Yeah, that's a good point there. Um, Here's the thing, though. If if you don't get Kawhi this year, where else is he going to go where he's going to commit long-term? I like I don't think there's a lot of risk involved in just waiting this year out and then resign, and just signing him straight up next year. Yeah. I, think, I think this pressure is all very artificial mm-hmm. just to get LeBron James. And I don't think getting LeBron James is like we have to do that. I mean, obviously, yeah, everyone wants LeBron James, but if you have a Kawhi and a Clay Thompson, I'm happy with that alongside all the, all these other dudes that these guys have coming up. Like one of the best young teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got no problem with that. I don't know if Clay Thompson's as much of a guarantee as I don't know if he's saying. not a guarantee, but like, yeah. I think you can make a heavy push for him. The Warriors definitely won't be able to give him max money, but the Lakers no, yeah. will be able to give him max money. Yeah. This will all and, be And he's an LA boy, so I I think his dad's know. an LA guy. Yeah. yeah. So I th- I think it it's very likely that if the Lakers don't land or fill up their cap space this year that they can get Klay Thompson. Yeah. It sounds to me that we're all in agreement that the Lakers shouldn't buy into this pressure or whatever is causing it whether it's media leaks from the san antonio spurs um this artificial pressure of making this trade by the end of this week and instead waiting next week and you essentially could have paul george and lebron join your team and then all the leverage is on the lakers side because let's not forget the spurs are still under pressure from Kawhi leonard's camp that he doesn't want to be there so once if this artificial pressure is gone the Lakers probably could pull off getting Kawhi Leonard by putting together a trade that only includes a Brandon Ingram and a couple picks and Luol Deng or Kyle Kuzma oh, and Lonzo Dang. Ball. Man, if you get Luol Deng somehow in this Kawhi Leonard thing, I'd definitely go for it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. The man's just been sitting on the couch all season. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I still forget that that guy's still getting paid. <laughs> uh, he's still he's getting paid more than Austin Rivers. 18, he's getting paid eighteen million, man. Yeah, <laughs> that that is something, man. Uh, Mitch Kupchak's gift to the Lakers. <laughs> right, right. Oh my gosh. Anyways, there's that. So we'll keep our eyes on that and see what occurs there with Kawhi Leonard. But how about we also talk about the NBA draft and an interesting question before we head into this, and this is something that people are talking about a lot is. I mean, does this make sense that we have the NBA draft and then we have free agency? Like, would, wouldn't that make so much more sense if those two were, like, flip-flopped? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think you need to have the draft first, personally. Hmm. I think, like, you need to know how you're going to build your team early on. Like, you need to get these guys in there. Uh, I don't know, not for any particular reason. I guess I, guess I could see it the other way around. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Summer league's coming up soon. You gotta get your team ready for the summer league. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I guess um, for me, it was just kind of I was watching this NBA draft, and I mean, as a big Laker fan, we obviously didn't have a pick in the top twenty. Um, I felt like that was really my big set, my big thing for why I loved watching the draft was when we would have we were the anticipation of whether or not we would fall in that top three and keep our pick. And this year, that was gone. So for me, the biggest anticipation was like, oh, man, is the Kawhi Leonard trade going to go down during this NBA draft? And no big trades I did wish. happen because every nobody knows how they're going to spend their cap space because of the looming free agency. So I would love to see it flip-flop in terms that once free agency is over, teams are a lot more aware of how their cap space is looking, and then they can move around their draft picks to sort of make some more of these minimal trades to 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 get to round out their rosters. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I could see that. I don't know, Jake, what do you think? Do you think the draft should be switched time-wise with when free agency starts? I think it makes sense the way it is, and I think other sports reflect that as well. Um, I would be curious if you did put free agency first and you spend all that money, how it would affect the draft itself and how many players in the top three or five would try to trade down because they're yeah. happy with free agency and don't have the money necessarily for those yeah. top players. Yeah, that I would think. be an interesting scenario. Hmm. Yeah. I, I guess how long would you delay the draft then? Would you – so free agency, would that start like when the draft was supposed to start, like June 21st, and then you, you have the draft on like July 1st? Like kind of just flip-flop the dates exactly? I guess so, yeah. I mean, all that would really change would just be, yeah, the start of free agency. Um, and you would still be able to sign. Obviously, free agency never really ends up until the start of the playoffs the following year. So, yeah, you could just keep it going. Yeah. I think what's underrated, too, is the uh, the value every month has with these rookies being on the NBA caliber diets and workout schedules. I mean, we saw what one year did for Ben Simmons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every month counts with these guys growing and getting stronger and just being able to make an immediate impact. So delaying that and having them less time with the team, less time with the team staff, I think could have an impact on the rookie rookie talent the first year. Yeah, the draft stock in terms like that. Yeah, you'd give them another month of being able to work out with teams. Um, I wonder how much free agents would would like that because now you're, being, you're working out for a team potentially and interviewing with a team at the same time as an NBA rookie. Yeah, 
don't know. I, th- I think it's a really interesting concept. I, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be down to test it out. I doubt it'll ever happen. Mm-hmm. I haven't really heard any complaints from anybody about the timing of it, but it's a cool concept. I'm all, I'm all for changing things. It's like, we're all for trades. It's like, as NBA fans, we love seeing trades. We love seeing guys go other places. We love just switching everything up. So, yeah. Change, change makes things more interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. And unfortunately, during the NBA draft, there wasn't any of the excitement that was very anticipated uh just a few minor trades uh that just involved picks really mm-hmm. uh you had the Mavs jumping up to the third pick to grab Luka Doncic which could be a really interesting one yeah. uh, down the road we'll see how that pans out and then the Hawks make an interesting one uh, like trading with the Mavs they go down to five and they get Trey Young at five which I think caught a lot of people off guard yeah Dennis Schroeder is gone from Atlanta potentially oh, because he of this. Probably will, yeah. I've, I've heard that they're shopping him. I don't know who really wants Dennis Schroeder. He's not uh, a bad player. He's, he's not, not a bad. bad. He's like slightly better than Austin Rivers, I guess. Yeah. But like, yeah. He's kind of like know. Reggie Jackson, I would say, probably same level. Yeah. And then yeah, so then you have that, and then you had the Suns trading up to get uh Mikal Bridges with the tenth pick. Uh the Suns get Zaire Smith at sixteen. Uh the Suns are really trying to make moves to get as many talented guys as they can on this young roster. because mm-hmm. uh, they, they realize that their time in the NBA is not now. It it is definitely a few years in the future. Yeah. Um, so getting as many of these guys in this deep draft as they could, I think, was a good decision for them. Yeah, uh, I mean, Devin Booker, Devin Booker's pressuring this organization as well. They got to be feeling that. Mm-hmm. His free agency is yeah. not too long from now. Yeah, and ho- like, yeah, I'm sure they're hoping they can resign him to a max deal once his time's up, and then they're gonna have a lot of these young, talented guys, uh, potentially like DeAndre Ayton, Mikal Bridges. Um, Josh Jackson. We'll see how it all pans out. Yeah, Josh Jackson, of course. <laughs> yeah, you can't forget him. And TJ Warren's a decent player too. Like they have good young players. Uh, they just they just need to develop more. Yeah. And I haven't heard them in any talks to land any big free agents. And they're not gonna try to get Clint Capella anymore. I know they're looking at him, but now they have Aiton, so they don't need him anymore. Um. So yeah, the Suns are just gonna be in purgatory for a little longer. We'll see if anything interesting develops with them. Alfred Payton's the interesting thing that's going to develop with the Suns. <laughs> the most interesting thing was that he shaved his head, finally. <laughs> He's going to have – watch the most improved player, Alfred Payton, next year. I'm calling it. Yeah. They got to get some, <laughs> some veteranship on that roster, though. They can't just roll out with all these young guys. Well, they have Tyson Chandler. True. That's true. <laughs> He's about as veteran as they come. Yeah, because they, they're looking to have a roster essentially built of a bunch of dudes under 21. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, the all-college team. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so looking at these picks, um, did they, any of them stand out to you guys during the draft? Like th- like Jake said, there wasn't really a lot of surprises. Oh, For me, easily Michael Porter Jr. falling all the way to number 14 to the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. I mean, I think this is going to be the steal of the draft. We, and I don't, But I don't think it's going to be – in the way that we're going to see that in the next two years. I think it's we're going to see this four or five years down the line. Um, I, I, I'm i willing to bet. I, if I'm the Nuggets, I think this is a good bet. I think – I remember I, we talked about this, Sean. I said if the Cavs should take Michael Porter Jr. if he's there at number eight. Um, yeah. And you thought he wasn't going to be there. And I said, I don't know, man. I think there's going to be a good chance he's, he'll be there. 
And he right, was yeah. there, and they pa- and mean, he passed. They passed. I, I was I was saying, yeah, last week that like you, sh- if you're in the lottery, you need to take a chance at the guy that could potentially be the best player in the class, and take the risk. Yeah. And this is such a low risk for the Nuggets. They already have a potentially playoff team without him, mm-hmm. and you're you're picking at number fourteen. And it's like you're not looking to get a franchise changing player at fourteen, and they just might have. And if he turns out to be a dud. Oh well, you know it's not like they lost anything to get this guy. Like this, this is pretty big time. Yeah, I mean, there's a good shot you have that number fourteen pick again next year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a, I think it's the biggest steal of this draft, Michael Porter Jr. I mean, high, high reward, low risk. Um, six eleven. He was number two. You um, high school recruit. Only played a handful of games in college, but I mean, everybody knew the ta- There's huge talent there. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not that that back surgery and the issues he's having um, aren't going to develop into something that's long term. But I mean, when you're in the NBA, you can dedicate three years to just basketball and top of the line yeah. medical staff. I mean, hell, I'm willing to take that bet that I can I can get this guy healthy enough to to be back in at that all time elite basketball level. Yeah, yeah, I like it too a lot. I think. With Michael Porter Jr., the risk was definitely worth the reward even earlier in the draft. In mm-hmm. fact, that the Nuggets got all the way at 14. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> the risk is definitely worth the reward at that point, and all of that is Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, it's like how many guys do you even know that are drafted at 14? Like, in like the history of the NBA draft. Like, you don't remember most of them. But if you remember this one, like, <laughs> this is a guy that you pick at 14 that you're like, this guy could have gone number one. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty and- good. I, uh, part of me is really upset that the Clippers passed up on him twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, since the Clippers are so bad at keeping players healthy, I think this is probably a good thing for Michael Porter Jr. that he didn't <laughs> go to the Clippers because he would have been a dud on our team for sure. But somewhere else he could become a superstar. Yeah. Something about this that doesn't necessarily worry me but definitely piques my curiosity is that the medical reports all these teams are getting, like I was saying earlier, the risk is definitely seems to be the, worth the reward for this guy, but so many other teams didn't think so. So I don't know if there's something we don't know about him. I certainly hope not. I really want him to be successful, but yeah, can't help but raise an eyebrow at it. Yeah. I, I just think part of it is NBA GMs are scared of the backlash, man. I mean, the last few years... I mean, certainly, like, the NBA has just picked up – it's just so much bigger now, and the talks are so much bigger. It's all over TV, social media. I think yeah. some of these GMs are afraid of the backlash. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to be the next uh, Sam Hinkie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think – Even though they should because he's a legend. Yeah, when you're looking at all the teams that picked, I think the Denver Nuggets really were the team that had the least to – to risk. I mean, Sacramento's under a lot of pressure. The Suns, the Cavaliers, if they lose LeBron, they're they're under a lot of pressure from their fan base. Um, the Clippers, in a way, they're they're kind of like in this weird rebuilding mode. But the Denver Nuggets, they already have their franchise player. They already have right. a decent playoff contention team. So I think it just came down that they don't really have they don't have that much to lose. Totally. Yeah, I think they definitely won the draft because of that. Yeah. Yep. What's interesting here is Grayson Allen going to the Utah Jazz at 21. Interesting. That's, that pick makes so much sense. He is such a Utah boy. I can see it. You think I so? Don't know, I don't know why, but like, 
he just seems like it. And the fact that Donovan Mitchell came up, gave him a hug, like at the NBA draft during his like after he was drafted interview. I I don't know. I can see it working really well. Like it seems like they're really stoked to have him there too. Like they feel like they got a huge steal getting Grayson Allen. Oh, I mean, I don't. I'm not super high on him. I don't really think he's gonna I'm be not, crazy NBA player. But they seem to they seem to <laughs> really like him there, and that that's why I think it's gonna work out really well for them. Yeah, eighteen doesn't need to be a crazy NBA player either. Just contribute. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he gets, um, and whether or not he can play that the Jazz Utah Jazz level of defense. I mean, they're such a they're such a gritty team. Um, they just can't afford to throw guys out there that that aren't willing to to play deep rough defense with yeah, everybody i i don't know i i think he'll do just fine like utah's system i think is catered to his play style really well mm-hmm. and they they needed someone to replace rodney hood's scoring ability after he left jay crowder filled a different role completely yeah um and like we say we say that donovan mitchell's like the net like the superstar there but in all honesty, he's still young, and they need more scoring around him. Oh like, yeah, he can't. He cannot shoulder the load yet, and so to bring in another three-point shooter, I think is a great move. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are your predictions for this guy? How many points does he average in the NBA playoffs next year? I'm already wow. saying that Utah Jazz. Saying yeah, I'm already saying the Jazz are in the playoffs. I love wow. this team. Oh man! Not because of Grayson Allen, I don't really think he affects it at all. Yeah, you just love Rudy Gobert, dude. Rudy we Gobert, all love Donovan Mitchell, and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, Ricky Rubio is all of a sudden a star player. Yeah. Um. Okay. If they make the playoffs, he'll average like eight points. Wow. I was gonna yeah. say five points. Okay. Yeah, we're on the same page, man. I, I I think I think he'll play a larger role than a lot of people think. Interesting. Yeah, I always find it fascinating with these big name college players who get drafted like later in the middle of the draft, like that for whatever reason they garnered headlines throughout their college career, and seeing them in the NBA. I don't know. It always just it's it's. I'm always curious about how these guys end up. Right. Hey, I'm curious uh, what you think of the Lakers picks. Uh, with Moritz Wagner or Wagner, as it is in his home country at 25. <laughs> And Svi uh, Mikhailuk in the second round. Hey, I wasn't even gonna let you pronounce. I should have let you pronounce it. I missed an <laughs> opportunity there. You did. You did. <laughs> I, I was practicing their their name pronunciations before the podcast. <laughs> oh, you and I way. still didn't get it right. You definitely hit the nail. You got it a lot better than I did. I only it, got it because I live with Scott, though, the Kansas boy. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. The Lakers haven't even given a contract out to their second-round pick. They haven't even signed their first-round pick yet. Um, I mean, hey, they're, they seem like decent players. There's not much out there on them. They're good shooters, six foot eleven. Um, I mean, good additions. I don't know a ton about them. Uh, I guess it's just TBD. That's the, that's the thing with some of these guys that get drafted so much later. You just kind of have to wait out and see what happens. I think after summer league, we'll have a better picture of what kind of role these guys could potentially play on this on this Laker team. Especially yeah. once, I mean, for all we know, they might not even be a Laker a couple That's weeks true. from yeah, now. They might not even be signed. <laughs> yeah, or they might be a Spur. <laughs> yeah, they might either be a Spur or they might not be signed. Spurs might have a stacked <laughs> summer league. Right? Team. Yeah, best summer league team. That's true. But, Hey, we're talking about Michael Porter Jr. being the steal. 
But what about Giannis's brother Costas at number sixty, the last pick? Costas, Costas, who? Costas, who? What? What's, what's his last name? <laughs> Costas Antetokounmpo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> man, these guys got to get me saying their names a lot more. They got to make some more noise in the playoffs, man. Because yeah, for real. Two months break. Uh, it, it's tough. It's tough for me to pronounce their names <laughs> after two months. Yeah, but hey, like, is this guy going to amount to anything? Or is he is he the Leangelo Ball of this, this Antetokounmpo uh, siblings? Man, it's so hard to say. You know how many 60 round number 60 picks there's been in this league Isaiah Man. Thomas and there's only one I remember that's Isaiah <laughs> Thomas so yep. there's your there's your statistical chance right there <laughs> um I don't know I mean that's hard to say I mean just because you're the brother of an NBA league player doesn't guarantee anything ask Seth Curry you know or <laughs> or Leangelo Ball or Leangelo Ball I mean you could pick it pick and point a whole bunch of guys so Hey, you took you took him at sixty, so he's definitely going to be a huge player development project. <laughs> and it's hard to say. Chances are, probably will end up in a in the D League, and um, and then probably work his way to the NBA later on and earn maybe himself a one year contract at the age of like twenty eight. That's more likely, the better more likely outcome, I think. All right, I got a dad joke. Okay. <laughs> Why did Isaiah Thomas go at pick sixty? Why? Because so many teams looked over him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's so short. That is you a pretty good one. You just come up with that on the spot. Wow, I did. That's actually yeah, impressive. that's that's a that's good. That's good. But wow. I, here's I think the interesting question that's gonna come out that might come out of this draft that we might be looking back on is who is gonna be the better player, Doncic or Trey Young here? Because they were essentially swapped for one another. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean. The Hawks had every opportunity to just pick him up, mm-hmm. um, but for some reason they they must think Trey Young is the next Steph Curry. Yeah, I'm inclined to not believe them. Yeah, they probably should have just stayed pat. But they, I think they got a future first rounder for this, for for swapping, they didn't did. they? Yeah, they did. So that that could play a big part if they didn't think that Doncic was gonna be this game-changing player mm-hmm. and they think trey young can be just as good maybe a little worse they can get they can get future assets i mean it makes sense from a logical perspective but if Doncic can end up being the next like steve nash then you're screwed yeah <laughs> i i i'm really sold on Doncic. i think he's gonna be a great player i like this trade here um, there's no guarantees where that number one pick is going to be. Hey, that maybe the Mavs get DeAndre Jordan, Julius Randle, Doncic is plays Donovan Mitchell style basketball next year, yeah. and they're in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got they got Dennis Smith Jr. Man, yeah, I that's still true. like this kid. He didn't make the waves that any of these other rookies made, but he still played some solid basketball, starting point guard for an NBA team. That's a really good rookie right there. So he's going to develop really well, I think. Uh, given he's been given this great opportunity, um, they yeah. have Harrison Barnes still. He's he's an okay player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> they'll, they'll be a solid, but not not a playoff team yet. No, no, definitely definitely reaching there. But I like Doncic. I think he's gonna end up being the better player out of these two. But yeah, that that other pick yeah. that the Hawks got back uh, will be a game changer. And we'll that's TBD. We'll see how that plays out. But um, anyways, just to uh 
close this podcast out, I kind of wanted to bring up some things from the past. We had the decision in 2010. We had the My Next Chapter article from Kevin Durant. Um, we had the PG, the Paul George three-part documentary series on ESPN this year. Yep. Um, LeBron James saying he, uh, Space Jam 2 trailer is going to come out right after his announcement. That's so absurd. Why? So, Why do you have to wait for Space Jam 2 for your free agency decision? What? <laughs> I kind of wanted to hear what, what, what are the thoughts with these free agent announcements? I mean, do we want it to just go back to old school where – the media is just informed that LeBron James just signed a three-year deal or do we like this sort of theatrical version of making your free free agent announcements here or does it not matter at all? I think it's very telling. I, I like it because it's telling. I think it means that Paul George is going to leave. Yeah. You don't make a three part series to go nowhere. That's true. That's like the biggest bull crap. You'd have to play off P to do that though, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. And at the end of all this, I'm doing nothing. Welcome back to OKC. And then this LeBron doing nothing until free agency is over or starts, I mean. Like he's not communicating with the Cavs at all. Like he's not doing a decision part three. Like, I think that means he's staying. So yeah. uh, I, I kind of like it for the clues that it gives us, but the, I think it's ridiculous <laughs> from like a, an emotional perspective. Like it, yeah, it's theatrics and it, it's building a brand, I guess you gotta, you gotta do that as an NBA player to, to make your money on the side. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, whatever. <laughs> how, how about you, Jake? What are your thoughts on this? I'm a little bit more old fashioned with this when it comes to this kind of stuff. I think it's, ridiculous that I'm just going to use Paul George as an example because it's yeah. just the most ridiculous one that you need a three-part series. Like, <laughs> three-part series. Just the self-confidence you have to have in yourself to first of all give your own give you yourself your own nickname and then do this. I don't know. <laughs> but th- these this is what the players become not only in basketball but football and a lot of other sports. It's a player first, flashy, big name, kind of just attention grabbing yeah. world now. Yeah, I love it. It uh, I feel I feel like it gives the the NBA has just become this multi-segment uh TV show where you have the games, uh the championship, the rumors, uh the drama, the drama, the drafts, and then the announcements. It's a year-round party, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. It adds. To, yeah, it adds to the party. Worst case, it gives us something to laugh at and make fun of them for. That's true. <laughs> right. This gives birth to memes. To uh, uh, yeah. I mean. Kevin Durant, my next chapter, that's been memed over a thousand times. Uh, the decision, obviously, that's something LeBron will carry for the rest of his probably life, even personally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and just just to end this all off, we've, we should have mentioned this at the start of the podcast, but it's been one year since we've been doing this podcast. Woo! Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> you guys. Pat yes, on our back. No one else is here to say it. We're still here. We're still talking basketball. It's been a full year. We only missed nine weeks. It's pretty good. Yeah. And most <laughs> of the time. this early before the basketball season last year? Yeah, we started, yeah, right now, like right after the draft happened last year. Mm-hmm. We wanted to, guys. Yeah, we wanted to give ourselves that, like, summer buffer to practice. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Yeah. We're, well, we're pretty much where we started. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everybody, for tuning it. in, especially those who have been with us since the first day. Uh, we pat you on the back for being with us since yes. this entire year, of course, Thank ourselves, you so much. too. <laughs> yeah. 
Thanks do everybody. Do you guys have comments with your videos? Do we have comments? Yeah, with your podcast, do people leave comments at all? Oh, no. My my dad used to leave a lot of comments <laughs> on our Facebook posts. <laughs> yeah. Let me know I did. Either say good job or absolutely destroy me. I don't care. <laughs> yep. All right. Hey, Jake, thanks for being with us on our one-year anniversary podcast. Happy to be here. Thank you guys for letting me join. Yeah, no worries. Welcome anytime. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, catch us next week. Yes, sir. Have a good one, everyone. Adios.